Welcome to Podcast and Crew, your UNCG School Theater Podcast. I am your host, Chris Gillyforer. Friends, we have a very special episode today as we preview the Spartan New Musicals, which consist of Flatbush Avenue and Radio, a musical ghost story. I'm joined today by our friendly neighborhood musical theater faculty, Aaron Spear and Dominic Amendum, heretofore referred to as Dom. And I'm going to turn it over to them to tell you a little bit about these shows, the process of developing them, how they connected with this uh, writing team, and how they've been able to produce new COVID-safe world premiere musicals during this difficult time. Aaron, why don't you take it away? Tell us a little bit about these projects. Absolutely. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you, Chris. Um, we this fall decided when we knew that we weren't going to be able to do a musical on stage this spring um we decided that we really wanted to use this opportunity to create a solid pedagogical learning experience for our students um one of the things that both dom and i are really passionate about is new work development um, and supporting emerging writers we had a great experience this fall working on hear our voices um, and and bringing some new voices to the forefront and it's been exciting to see some of their work get picked up in different places by colleagues across the country as a result of uh, us using their music so uh, this project however is something that i actually originally had in mind for our senior musical theater studio class uh, because i really wanted our students to go out into the world with quality uh, digital content uh, that represented the work that they can be doing and we also want them to go into the world able to work on new work which is constantly shifting and changing and evolving so these were originally uh, projects that i had in mind for that senior musical theater studio course uh, and we kind of expedited them into this year so the musical theater song cycle for the fall and now these original musical theater films um, we started by identifying three writing teams uh, who could create original works for our students. Uh, and then our students did audition videos for them. So the, the three teams that we worked with this year are um, Murphy Smith and Emerson Smith, who wrote Radio and Musical Ghost Story, Madeline Myers, who wrote Flatbush Avenue, and then Jay Quinton Johnson and Melvin Tunstall III, who, are, uh, who wrote One Week at Woolworths, which we're currently filming right now and will be available in the fall. Um, but before we knew what those titles were, we wanted them to get to know our students, their voices, who they were. Um, so they created audition videos of their contemporary musical theater songs, and we sent them off to these writers. Um, and the writers watched these videos and then told us who they were excited to work with. Uh, and it was so fun to see um, how they responded to our students, how different writers responded to different students in different ways. Uh, and everybody was uh, so excited about all of the students and we were able to get everybody assigned to a different project where a role would be written with them in mind. Um, so that's how these projects got started. Uh, Murphy and Emerson Smith, um, I know Murphy Smith from Penn State um, and she and her sister, her sister is actually uh, just about to graduate from the BFA in acting at the University of Michigan. So they're alums of my two schools of theater, which I thought is just a lovely full circle moment. They're both um, trans women and siblings uh, and they're writing some really cutting edge stuff. So I, I brought some of their demos to Dom and said, hey, I think we should really work with this team. I think they're like moving musical theater forward and I think they're gonna be really big soon. And Dom was excited about them and, and said yes. And so we reached out to them, but Dom, I think you should talk a little bit about Madeline Myers. Yeah, Madeline Myers was um, 
back back in the day when I was doing Heather's in New York City, Madeline Myers was our music department assistant on Heather's. And um, one day we had to sing happy birthday for someone. And I asked Madeline to like prep the cast on a quick happy birthday. And she did like an eight part vocal arrangement with like an amazing piano accompaniment of happy birthday. And I was like, oh, what do you actually do with your life when you're not just like, you know, working on the computer, doing finale tasks for, for the music department. And so I got to know her really well through that process. And she's remained just a, a really dear friend of mine um, over the years. And she's a wonderful writer who has a, a number of projects in development. We actually worked with her a couple of years ago on one of her other new pieces uh, during workshop and musical theater. And so um, it kind of made sense for us to reach back out to her this time. And she just kind of um, created an amazing original story um, about uh, the year the, the Brooklyn Dodgers uh, win the World Series and, and, a, and a game of stickball that kind of surrounds that summer and um, it's it's an, a totally original story that uh, she just kind of dreamt up uh, once she got to see our students in action so we're really excited to work with her again absolutely um i didn't mention what radio a musical ghost story is about but radio is well it's exactly what it says it is it's a musical ghost story but it centers on a young woman named lowell um who uh has gone through the loss of her brother very recently um, and begins to see him, uh, perhaps in her dreams and, uh, and, uh, or not in her dreams actually. And that's about all I can really tell you about it because there's a lot of stuff that happens in, in the middle of that. But, um, it centers on a, on a young woman named Lowell, who is played by our student Soraya Williams, who's a freshman in the musical theater program. So that's the, that's the project from Murphy and Emerson. Um, related to the other piece, which I'm sure we'll talk about again in the fall, but one week at Woolworths, um, we were introduced to the work of J. Quentin Johnson this fall when he sent us uh, materials for Hear Our Voices. So he actually wrote the opening and the closing numbers of Hear Our Voices. Uh, and we were really excited about his work and um, how, uh, how new it felt. It felt really fresh um, and our students really responded to it. Um, we also know Melvin Tunstall III. We did, at the same time that we did one of Madeline Meyer's pieces in musical theater work, workshop a few years ago, we also did one of Melvin's. Um, and it's a piece called Bloom that we worked on in that, in that class. And we just love and adore working with Melvin. Melvin's actually local, uh, originally from North Carolina. He lives in New York now. Um, but we reached out to Melvin immediately when we started talking about these projects. And then Melvin was looking for, uh, a composer to work with for this project. And so we introduced Melvin to Q and we have some uh, really exciting work coming on the Woolworths project, which is about the Greensboro Four um, and the sit-ins at the Woolworths, but also about the uh, three black stocking girls from UNC Greensboro, which was then the Women's College of North Carolina um, who joined those sit-ins. So uh, that project is currently filming and we'll get to tell you about it in the fall. There we go. So those are the projects, Chris. That is so exciting. I really appreciate you uh, withholding any potential spoilers for radio. I'm really eager to uh, see how that unfolds. Um, I know our listeners would certainly certainly appreciate that as well and will appreciate it. So if I, if I understood correctly, these pieces were written for the students who are performing them. Wow, that is uh, 
that is tremendous to be able to leave a mark on a piece like that, not only to be the first, but to have it be something that was created for your voice. Wow. Um, I can't tell you the appreciation that I have, and I'm, I'm sure that the students have to your commitments to new works and the importance in not only producing them, but actively cultivating them. And I wonder if you could both speak just a little bit to what informs that passion and desire and how you came to recognize the significance of that in your own pedagogical processes in this department. I'll jump in there. Um, well, so, you know, most of my professional career was working on new works. I mean, I, you know, I, I got, I was very lucky to work on Wicked for a number of years and, and shows like that. And those, uh, you know, in, in a way that was my day job because all along I was working on developing new works with other composers and Wicked was, was um, wonderful enough to allow me to have the room in my schedule and to take the time off to do that. And so, you know, I find in my career, those are the moments when I've been able to feel the most creative and the most kind of inspired artistically is when I'm working in a room and creating a uh, new work. And it allows everyone in the room, uh, actor, musician, director, choreographer, you know, writers to have this great um, collaborative opportunity to, to, to be affected and inspired by the work of the rest of the people in the, in the room, which is so important for our students. So, you know, like um, opening up, uh, you know, Oklahoma and blowing the dust out of the binding is, is lovely. And there's a place for that, but there's, the, our industry is moving in a different direction now and we're, we're doing so many new exciting shows. And I think our, our students have to leave this place with an understanding of how that new work development process goes and, and how to carry themselves differently in that room than in a room where you're working on a, on a you know, really established show. And they've gotten the opportunity to learn um, how to interface with writers, uh, which, which takes a, a special kind of tact and grace sometimes to speak up and say like, I'm feeling this thing because I'm inside the piece. Um, can we talk about that? You know, so it, it's just been a great learning experience on all accounts for our students. And, and for me personally, just a wonderful way to take the work I do in the industry and marry it with the work we do here, which I think is so lovely. Um, so yeah, that's for, for me, that's the, the big thing is, you know, really, I think our industry is, is moving in a direction that I think, you know, demands a, a ability to develop new work. And how many 19 year olds get to say that they had a role like written for them by, by like really amazing established musical theater writers. I mean, that's, that's pretty awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been uh, tremendous to watch our students really uh, apply all of the tools that they have been working on here um, because there's no cast recording to listen to. Right? They're having to interpret and make their own choices um, on something that they haven't even filmed yet, right? As they're as they're learning this music. So um, it's been it's been so incredible to watch them like grow and learn and and sometimes stumble and then figure things out in the middle of this process. But you know, um, for me, my process, my experience has been slightly different than Dom's. Like I um, I started as a director and choreographer of like traditional like golden age projects. So we know, anybody who knows me knows that I love a big musical and the bigger, the better with the more dancing and the larger the cast, like it just like brings me so much joy. But uh, I also have been very blessed to be mentored by some truly 
incredible directors who are um, developers of new work. Um, uh, Susan H. Shulman, Christopher Ashley, um, who really uh, kind of have dedicated their careers to the, the development of new work. Um, and being able to be part of that with them has really left like a long um, imprint on, on me, I guess, on my career, but also just on where I see myself headed now. And I think that all of the work that I've done on Golden Age work and then uh, working with these writers, I mean, these um, amazing directors and developers in collaboration with the writing teams has really kind of given me um, an interesting view of the director's uh, relationship with the writers um, and how we can be of surface without stifling the creativity of the writers. Um, so that has been something that has long-term been one of my goals anyway. And, you know, I'm a assistant professor. I'm on the tenure track here. There's a pandemic happening. Um, so this has also been, and thankfully Dom has been willing to uh, dive into this uh, wild idea with me, um, but it's also been an opportunity for me to continue my creative activity while there's a pandemic happening, you know, because in addition to our students getting to work with these writers, I get to work with these amazing writers and to be developing relationships and working with people across the country um, on, on their new works, which I think all three of these pieces have some legs, right, and, and we'll be excited to um, see how they develop and hopefully be part of the development of them um, long term, and also just of the careers of, of these writers, so who are all in kind of different places in their writing careers. Um, but being able to develop new work, um, and also, you know, in response to what we've seen, you know, in our nation and, and the hunger for new work, but also in the hunger for new voices, and um, voices that have been kind of pushed to the side on our Broadway stages many times, you know, uh, writers of color from the BIPOC communities, uh, women writers, um, LGBTQIA, specifically trans writers whose voices are so underrepresented. Um, you know, we have a wonderful, beautifully diverse student population here that lends itself to developing work by diverse writers. Um, and it's such a gift for us to be able to provide a home for um, some of the cultivation of this work um, while serving so many different needs um, in our community. So um, that's a, a long way around your question, Chris. I mean, it was a trip well worth taking. That was wonderful, both of you, thank you. Um, yeah, I'm so tempted to, in the vein of not only pieces that uh, are written by a diverse set of writers, but also speak to the community on a local level. I'm so tempted to talk about Woolworths, but I sh we should we should save it for the fall since that's a little bit further down the pipeline. Just anecdotally, I think it's wonderful that within the span of about a six to seven month period that we'll have not one but two original pieces developed in the School of Theater that have to do with civil rights history of Greensboro uh, between One Week at Woolworths and Karen's uh, How We Got Here, the oral history play, uh, which just yeah. streamed. If you missed it, I'm sorry. It was very good, but I think that it's going to have a life after this. Uh, I digress. Talk to us a little bit about the process of creating filmed musical theater during COVID-19. And I'm sure this will be a long walk as well, and one that our listeners, I think, will be eager to hear uh, as that's 
uh, a little bit magic even to me still, although I've read about it in some of our, our print media a number of times that I'm still like, wow, I can't believe this is this is going off and, and going off so well. So uh, please take us take us through this journey. <laughs> well, I mean, we told you a little bit about how we developed uh, the initial like casts and how these projects came to be. Um, again, the, the ideas came from the writers um, for these projects once they had met the students and uh, we kind of figured out the best way to serve all of, the, all of our different students inside of these projects. Um, so once the casts were laid out, then uh, we got to work. They, each of the writers had a session, a Zoom session with their cast so they could talk to them and get to know them. And each of those Zoom sessions was very different um, which is exactly as it should be, right? Because every writer has a different process. So we were able to hop on Zoom with the students and the writers and we gave that room over to the students and the writers to um, move the process forward in whatever way was going to be most helpful for them. Um, after that, we started either receiving uh, demo song ideas or script pages uh, in different orders sometimes. And, uh, as they would come through, we would uh, give feedback on them. If we needed to read pages, we'd pull the cast in for a Zoom with the writers to read fresh pages. Um, and, and then I, you know, Dom and I had multiple meetings with the, the writing teams too, as these projects were developing for feedback and things like that. I think we should say right now too, that Michael Flannery has directed Flatbush Avenue. Uh, and we are so thankful to him for coming on board in that capacity on this project. Um, yeah. Uh, so Michael has actually been part of this process as well with Flatbush Avenue in terms of uh, how it has developed along the way. Dom, anything else to say about the early development? No, I, I mean, I think you covered it beautifully that, you know, it was really, we've all gotten used to doing things differently during pandemic and what, you know, what we would normally uh, want to do more in person, we did all, all via, all via Zoom, but um, I don't think we were really handicapped by that at all. The, the writers were able to still meet our students and still toss materials back and forth between us and send us demos. And, you know, so it was a, it was a pretty organic writing process just with the, um, with the difference being a somewhat compressed timeline, of course, but these are also short, short pieces. So they were writing, you know, on, on a pretty quick timeline and also writing with our students in mind, which was really lovely because the, um, the material really suits the students really, really beautifully. Um, and then after, once we'd done that early development and we had a, a kind of a final draft or as, as final as a draft ever is, um, we, uh, we would go into an audio recording, uh, time, which um, I would, well, really before then, I would work on any tracks that, that we were creating. So on certain, like on radio, uh, we took what uh, Murphy and Emerson sent us and we really um, kind of expanded on it. I worked with a, a few great friends of mine who are based out of New York who helped um, with the music. I, I need to specifically mention Taylor Williams, who um, has kind of co-produced all of the radio music with me and is amazing. Um, and so we would kind of, you know, zhuzh up musically, and then we would start recording the actors. And um, that's another great pedagogical uh, experience from this process is um, the actors, you know, many of them came into those first couple recording sessions a little trepidatious and can be a little, um, a little scary when you walk in a room and there's a mic, you know, recording your every, <laughs> every breath and every mistake and everything. And, 
and to watch their growth now kind of walking into a recording session being kind of you know comfortable and confident it's a it's a great uh thing to see and i've worked with many people in the industry who are still very nervous when they get in front of a microphone. So I, I like to think that our students have, have a leg up now on that. So we do a full audio recording um, and then I would take all that audio away and edit and mix and kind of start to get initial filming audio that was kind of mixed and prepped enough for us to start the filming process. Um, my, uh, my process continues after that. I continue tweaking um, then based on what we see in the filming, which, I'll, which Aaron will talk about in a second. I'll continue to tweak. Um, I was actually just before we got on this call, I'm still working on a couple tracks for radio this morning. So um, we'll be working right up until it streams on the audio, but the songs are all pre-recorded and then filming starts and Aaron can talk about that. Yeah, the, and the filming process is different for each of the projects because they have different identities. And, and I think it's really important that we say like, we did not, require any of these projects to feel the same. We wanted them to have um, individual identities to not feel like, and they're not themed. So there's not a theme, obviously, like there's not a lot that connects Brooklyn Dodgers stickball um, 1955 to a contemporary kind of like techno folk um, ghost story. Uh, so they feel very different. And so the processes have been very different um, for each of them. Uh, we have an amazing uh, costume and wardrobe and makeup and sound and lighting team um, that have been involved in these projects all the way across the board. So shout out to Savannah Willis and Taylor Gant and Caitlin Larimore and Liz Cipriano and Jonathan Lamb, Joshua Way, Haley Grissette, and our stage managers, uh, Chloe Roth and Natasha Dell. Um, and Delaney, you too, because you subbed in a couple of times um, for being along the ride with us, along with a number of our colleagues who are kind of shepherding them through the process. So thank you, Amy and Jahan and Noah and Andy um, for all of your support as this, um, these projects have been happening. So we did have a design process, though it was kind of not the same as a theater design process and was ongoing and rolling. Um, and we have weekly production meetings. Uh, but as we moved into shooting, we started with radio. We came in before school started in January and they were already in the studio recording everything for radio. And then we went into shooting. Um, radio has a pretty hefty, I guess, book. Yeah, the script, the, um, the screenplay is, is larger and heftier than it is in the other projects. Um, and so it changed the way that we needed to shoot. Um, and we had to have uh, sound on set almost all the time while we were filming that. And a lot of things were on location for that project. So a lot of it takes place in a gym. Uh, and so we had to shoot after hours in a gym for that. Um, but we just, you know, we had, I had a plan for our shoot schedule and then a lot of like weather days because as much as possible, we've shot outside um, for safety, which was really cold on a couple of days in January. Uh, shout out to the cast uh, for being outdoors in the cold and the crew uh, in costume for hours and hours and hours while we worked on these projects. Um, but yeah, so, so radio filmed over, I mean, radio was still filming as we were working on Flatbush Avenue. And I have a, one more pickup to get this coming weekend um, still because we have to get back in the gym. So we've, I've been waiting to be able to get back in the gym. 
Um, but that project shot over all the, that time and then went into an editing process. We did an enormous number amount of green screen work too for this project. And um, uh, I've really learned uh, After Effects this year, uh, this semester. So last semester, my project was learning to really edit and cut in Premiere Pro. This year, my project has, this semester, my project has been learning to do After Effects and green screen work in, uh, well, in After Effects, but I've also been collaborating with a friend of mine um, who does this work in Florida. So Brian Angeloff, thank you so much for uh, some of the amazing effects that you've been doing for us uh, as we've been going along that process. Um, yeah, now we're in post. So, you know, usually we open a show, we run it and then we close it and it's, you know, we might have a like a postmortem afterwards, but the project is done. And instead, you know, we've moved into several weeks, months of post-production on radio. Um, with pickups still to go and still doing touch-ups on music and underscoring um, and things like that. So just, it's been a huge project uh, and I've learned an enormous amount, but we can't wait to share this story with you. I was just going to say that that's what's been so kind of amazing. I mean, I, I think I speak for both Aaron and I when I say the sleep deprivation is real when you commit to doing three original mini musicals for film. Um, but uh we've both learned so much like it's so kind of amazing for both of us to still be students as well and you know i i'm doing work in in pro tools that you know i've always had someone doing with me and now i'm doing it all myself and the first couple projects i was terrified and kind of bad at it and now i'm i'm better and faster and you know like it's been so cool that we've both had opportunities to grow our skill set as well um, and kind of learn on the job. It's been really joyous. Yeah, it really has. Yeah, I should say too, like, thank you to the, our Dean um, who sent me to film school <laughs> this year uh, to learn some of the things that I didn't know. You know, I like to say that I know enough to get myself in trouble. So I feel like I know a little bit more now um, and was able to really like tailor my questions specific to these projects um, as I was in film school and get some extra help and resources. So. Um, so that was the process for radio. Uh, as radio was shooting, uh, the cast started work on Flatbush Avenue. So again, they came in, they recorded, um, but Flatbush is slightly different in that it's, it's basically sung through. There is some dialogue, but it's all inside of the, the songs. So we just moved from one production number to the next, essentially, is how Flatbush Avenue moves, uh, which is really kind of exciting and different. Um, so uh, they came in and they recorded all of their audio. Dom, anything to add on the, the difference of working on this project? No, the, I mean, the, it was, for me, it was very similar really in that, you know, just recording the audio and then passing it off to, to Michael for filming. There's, a, there's a, a short audio cameo by Michael Flannery uh, on this project and a, and a short full cameo by Aaron Farrell Spear on this project as well, I should say. It's true. It's true. I also had to get in the recording booth and uh, dust off my um, actor resume uh, for this for this project. So um, so Flatbush Avenue is sung through, as I said, but it also has a lot more choreography. So it feels more like a traditional um, musical theater piece in many ways. And so we actually had to go into a rehearsal process on this. So Michael Flannery was the director um, and did all of the shooting for this project, but it was staged 
by Allison McCarthy, who is our um, colleague from MFA Dance. Uh, she's an MFA Dance candidate who's been collaborating with us in musical theater for the past two years, who we love and adore. Thank you, Allison, and her amazing um, assistant, Hannah Stanley. Uh, so they staged the whole project. Um, and a big thank you to Haley Grisette and Izzy Kitch for letting us use your house for so many days of filming um, because we were in front of their house annoying all of the people that lived in that house uh, for days and days and days and days filming um, and we were uh, we had some weather cancellations we had uh, we had to push on to our backup shoot dates um, and we had long outdoor days on that project um, but it has been a, a it was joyous and Michael and Allison and Hannah did such a phenomenal job and I got to produce it and be in it um, and kind of shepherd it to production, which has been amazing. What are you working on still on that one, Dom? I'm, uh, that one is almost done. I'm gonna, um, when the, we're about to do some dialogue redubs um, in places where we, we pre-record the dialogue to kind of use as a, um, uh, on that one uh, as a reference, but then the actors shot their scenes, the, the spoken stuff live. So they weren't having to like mouth along to pre-recorded dialogue, which I can only imagine would handicap you pretty significantly as an actor. So, um, so, but now because we were filming outside and there was traffic noise and sirens and all the things that you get when you're filming outside, we're having to go back and uh, redub a, a few of those dialogue moments. Um, and then um, I'm also just gonna work on uh, finessing a few little moments of underscore in that so that there's a few places where we want a line to land in the clear, but we couldn't do that until we'd actually filmed the, the scenes for the timing. So I have a couple little things on that, but then I'm, I'm close to wrapping it up. That's awesome. And Michael is uh, knee deep in the editing process right now. So I've seen rough cuts of most of it. It's looking amazing um and looking forward to seeing the the final cut of that yeah wow no rest for the weary huh <laughs> no while we while we work on Woolworths right and you know summer beckons and perhaps some uh some rest awaits there although speaking for myself I'm already lining stuff up um theatrical or otherwise so I don't know we like to be busy don't we um Wow, what should we call that? The the Aaron Farrell Spear hat trick producing, performing, and uh shepherd, would you say shepherding to the finish line? Um, it's impressive. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. I direct well, radio, which was delightful. Um, and then I should say this too, Kamari Bryant, one of our amazing students, is actually directing one week at Woolworths. Um, so I'm executive producing that, but also appearing in it as the dean <laughs> of the North Carolina Women's College. <laughs> so yes, I was just in the recording booth last week with Dom and I got to hear my track last night. You made me sound fantastic. So thank you, Dom Momentum. Here for you. Appreciate it. I didn't know that Tev was directing Woolworths. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. I love the gosh, what, what to call it, entrepreneurial spirit, I guess, of some of this, these current classes of students between Ed Nation, getting out there and making their own work in this the film production company. Of course, the students at APO Workshop, Triumph Theater, um, trying to find their place in terms of more non-traditional work or, or maybe non-theatrical performance too. Yeah, I love these students. I love the student body. To wrap us up, 
Aaron, if there is one thing you hope our audiences take away from radio, and again, no spoilers, you could be as vague as possible. Uh, what, what is what is one thing you hope that they take away? And Dom, same question to you about Flatbush. I think the thing that has resonated most strongly with me about radio um, is just to remember in this year where so many of us have lost so many, right? Um, that grief is nonlinear, right? And uh, it's okay to be where you're at with your grief, but that it's also really important that you um, allow the people who you love and who you trust to sit in the grief with you. Um, that for me is one of the great messages of, um, of radio um, is that you're not alone and that there are people that love you that are looking to hold out a hand and help you through it. Um, so, you know, I had a really major personal loss this year and I know many, many of our students have experienced the same. And I think that there's something in Lowell's journey uh, that we can all really connect with. I love that. Um... You know, for Flatbush, I think it's a story about kind of like um, bravery and believing in yourself, even if others don't, or even if the outcome isn't what you hoped or expected. Um, and again, I think that's, you know, I mean, it's, yes, it's at surface level, it's a, it's a story about some young kids playing baseball in the, in Brooklyn, but, you know, on a deeper level, it's about just kind of believing in yourself, even in the face of adversity, which uh, again, I think um, is a good, a good takeaway for all of us right now. And, and all of us in this, in this industry there, you know, like I think the, the folks who are the most successful in this industry are the ones who just have that inherent belief in the work they do. Um, even if the industry doesn't see it yet, um, they, they know that they have something special to offer. So I think that's at, at the heart of it. That's what Flatbush is about. Friends, this has been an episode of Podcast and Crew, your UNCG School Theater Podcast. Aaron Farrell-Spear and Dama Mendham, your friendly neighborhood musical theater faculty, have previewed Radio, a musical ghost story, and Flatbush Avenue, which make up the Spartan New Musicals. You can catch them streaming on demand April 22nd through the 24th. You can get your passes for that by visiting uncgtheater.com or call in the box office at 336-334-4392. Thanks very much for listening and we'll see you in the green room.